Welcome to Gathering 262. I'm Cassie Hulse, and I'm here today with Ryan King. Thank you so much for joining us, Ryan. We're super excited to get to know you. I'm stoked to be here. Yes. I really am. <laughs> cool. Um, Ryan, we'd love to know um, just all about you. Just um, if you want to start off with the basics of where you're from, where you grew up, what you're doing in life, what right, you yeah. like to do. So I grew up just down the hill from the church building, actually. So a mile down the road, born and raised in Provo, Utah. Awesome. And um, I'm living just around the corner from where I grew up, which is also just funny that I'm so close. You know, the apple doesn't fall too far from the Provo tree, <laughs> I guess. But, um, yeah, so grew up in Provo. Um, families from here. My mom grew up in Ogden, also Utah. My dad grew up just a mile the other way from the church building here in Provo. So Provo, born, born and raised, um, went to school here, Timview High School, and then on to BYU, which had also been kind of like just where I wanted to go since I was born. There's this, I need to find the picture, but we did these um, family pictures that my grandparents had us do with the whole extended family when I was like 12 mm -hmm. and we were all in BYU gear <laughs> so we were all in jeans and BYU shirts or, tea or hoodies I actually think and so it's just like the most stereotypical BYU loving Provo <laughs> family it's in your blood it's in the blood yes and I love it I love going to the games I have season tickets myself now to the football games go to a lot of the basketball games nice. stuff like that so Studied finance at BYU, which um, we can get into that, but that even was kind of a spiritual experience, I would say, of just figuring out my major and yeah. what I wanted to do. But that's kind of the background. Once I graduated, I just got a job with a company here in Provo called Thread Wallets, and mm. I worked there in finance. So awesome. that's what I've been doing for the last four years. I hit my four-year mark at the company just a few months ago. Oh, that's way cool. I love Thread yeah. Wallets. Well, thank you. They're awesome. <laughs> I have one. I love Thanks it. Thanks for supporting. <laughs> that's so cool. Um, mission, no mission? Yes, I somehow miss, missed that. I served in the Czech Republic. Oh, no so way. So over in Europe, wow. and I loved it. It was the hardest thing I've ever done, like ever. Mm -hmm. But then also so many good things have come out of that yeah. service and that difficult time and fun time and happy and sad time. But also it's just been great. So happy I went. And What language do they speak? Czech? Czech, which is also funny in and of itself because... A lot of people don't know that. I wouldn't have known that. Yeah. If you just said, what do they speak in the Czech Republic? Mm -hmm. A lot of people say Russian. Oh. <laughs> and a lot of people, especially older people, because during communism, the Russians pretty mm. much owned them. And so a lot of older people do speak Russian, but mm. yeah, it's Czech. How is your Czech now? You know, I would say it's definitely slipped from the mission. Yeah. But I think I've held it up pretty good compared to a lot of people who were in my like same time frame in the mission. Yeah. I think I speak I speak decently well, but yeah. It's not easy. 
Um, how, how would you feel just introducing yourself? At, put, put yourself back in the mission. Hi, I'm Elder King. Okay. We're missionaries of the Church of Jesus Christ. Great, you want that in yeah. check? Yeah, let's hear okay, it. Okay, so we would be walking down the street and people would then like spit on us. We didn't get much past <laughs> the whole like we're missionaries for Aww. the church type thing. But if we were doing that, you know, we would start. We'd be like, Dobri den, sme misionarity, cirkve Ježíša Krista svatých posledních dnů. Máme poselství o víře, anebo o kníze mormonově. A tak. So that was just me saying, so hey, cool. we're missionaries. We have a message about faith, the Book of Mormon. We might introduce ourselves of just, how are you doing today? Which is, jak se máte? Those types of things, just little questions. But that wasn't the most successful way to find people, but it was the most frequent because the church is so small, you're not working off referrals a lot there. And there's not just a ton of, I mean, there is less actives to reactivate, but there's just not even a ton of those. And depending on the branch or the area you were at, so a lot of just pounding the pavement yeah yeah i bet man that's that was really cool you don't hear um czech spoken very often in the in the states at least i never have no you don't hear it hardly ever where i have heard it some is big tourist destination so i've met czechs in yellowstone moab Wow. Um, where else? Touristy. New York, you can meet them. San Francisco. Type. Disneyland. Disneyland, like big places you can yeah. meet them. But if you're just here in Provo, it's not, you're not going to meet checks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that makes sense. Well, cool. Um, I would love, oh, well, actually, back up. Um, interests and hobbies. Interests and hobbies, yeah. So if I am not working... And I have free time. In the winter, I'm skiing. Mm. And in the summer, I'm golfing. So those are easily my two biggest and most favorite hobbies. I, think I like skiing a little bit more. But like this last year, I got 45 times in skiing. Dang. Yeah, wow. and I think I'm already at... I can actually check my phone here. Because <clears throat> I keep track. <laughs> I keep track of ski days and I keep track of... How many times I go? So this year, 19. Wow. Days. And that's just rounds of golf. So I've also done the driving range or practicing putting and stuff like that. But that's just golf-wise. And 19-time skiing was 45 this year. Wow. That's impressive. I find it a good way to, like, there's the fun aspect of just the hobby. Like, I just love skiing, but... There's also like the mental health aspect. I love getting away from, I mean, a lot of times in the mountains, your phone doesn't have service or it's cold. So it's just, you're sitting on a ski lift chatting with friends or you're golfing golf cart, your phone's in the golf bag, you're chatting with friends. Yeah. So the social aspects just as important to me as the sliding down snow or hitting a white little ball around. Right. Yeah. So that's, those are my hobbies. I also have the, I don't know if it's a hobby or addiction or a bad habit, but I also love politics. So, 
<laughs> I like following what's happening, current events around the world and the state and yeah. reading articles and stuff like that. Cool. That's awesome. So, Ryan, you mentioned um, there was a story behind choosing your major. Would you like to talk about that? Yeah, I think it's one of the times – I actually don't share this that much just because it doesn't get brought up much, I guess. And when I usually say I studied finance, I don't be like – I'm usually not saying, oh, yeah, there's a story behind this. Yeah. But post-mission, it was – and I've been back for a while now. It was 2013 to 2015 is when I served. And it was pretty quickly after the mission, but – I was playing tennis. I know exactly where I was at, like standing. I was playing. I don't play tennis, but we were just more, you know, hitting the ball. It looked awful. Anyone who actually (laughs) plays tennis would have been absolutely ashamed of how we were playing. But um, my buddy was just, I was like overwhelmed home for like a month or two. Just like, what am I going to do with my life? I have no idea, right? Because you're kind of still in mission mode of like, wake up every day, read the scriptures, study, do all sorts of things. And I'm, you know, you're just not being useful if you're not doing something. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to study. Am I doing school? That's going to be in the fall, whatever. And I was talking to a buddy and he was, I was just like, what are you going to study? He'd been home for his mission for months. He's like, oh, finance. And I was like, really, why finance? And he was like, well, there's just like really rounded. It's a good business degree. And I had this like super strong, thought just come into my head that it was like, yep, take the classes until you either don't like them or don't get good grades, good enough grades to get into the major. Mm-hmm. And I, it was like a pretty strong prompting. And I luckily started taking the classes and loved them and luckily got good enough grades to get into the program. But it's been one of, it's been a huge blessing. One of the biggest positives post-mission of just um, f- fortunately, I didn't have to deal with the whole, like, what am I going to study going down the wrong road, as Elder Holland says, right. if you've seen that, to figure out, you know, what not to do. I was fortunate enough to just know exactly what I wanted to do within a few weeks or month after my mission. That's awesome. Yeah, and it was, like I said, it's it's been a really good thing. How have you, um, like, okay, so I know, like, it's kind of, it it seems to vary for people, obviously, because everyone is different. Um, But, like, post-mission can be so hard. Right. Um, How how has that been for you, these years since being back? Probably, I'd assume, asking spiritually just what's... Either, yeah, spiritually, mentally, like... Um, Socially, I think there's been there still probably isn't a day that goes by without me thinking something from the mission or being blessed in some way from it. Um, I don't know. I, f- I feel like I've done pretty good a lot of ways simply because I just found out. Okay, here's where I need to what I want to study and what I need to study. And so as soon as I got that, I just went head down and started working hard at the prereqs and got a program that took pretty much all my time till I graduated in 2018. And then working since then has also been a huge blessing. 
I do think I miss the mission in some ways. It's maybe hard, which is because in some ways the mission, I mean, it was, like I mentioned at the beginning, the hardest thing I've ever done. But it also was like, really didn't have anything else to focus on other than wake up, study the gospel, find people to teach and baptize. Nowadays, there's just so many things pulling for every one of ours attention that it's probably become harder for me to really focus on the basics of the gospel church. I mean, in our mission, we refer to it as CPR, church prayer read mm-hmm. type thing, church praying, reading. I can't remember which one we'd say, but, you know, even just that, right, that's probably harder than I thought it would be. Because as soon as I wake up, there's 50 emails to respond to. There's 50 politics articles to read. There's a golf course to go to, a ski resort. And maybe it's sometimes it's probably been a little harder for me than I thought of just staying focused on the basics. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally relate to that. I think a lot of people would relate to that. Um, just kind of wanting to back up a little bit. What? Um, and this can be like a, a two-part question. What are some, what's, what's like a major experience that you've had that has shaped your relationship with God? And that can be leading up to a mission. It can be recently. Um, just anything that's like really influenced you. That's a great question. I think one thing that I have a really strong testimony of is that God works in mysterious ways. There was a talk that President Uchtdorf gave about connecting the dots to like a um, like a young adult fireside a few years ago, and he just talked about like impressionist paintings, how it's made up of a ton a ton of little dots, and you have to zoom out to see what the picture actually is, or that you know life. There's another quote: life is to be lived forward but understood looking backwards. Mm. And I really like that. But in some ways, I think I've seen that come to pass where I'm like, oh, wow, yes. Like that's been such a blessing to connect with this person or that person through the mission or high school or post-mission, whatever. And I'm like, man, wow, God really did work in a bizarre but really cool way to get us connected or get me an answer to that. But then there are also things I think that everyone probably struggles with that I'd like answers to that have yet to come. And, you know, those are the things that are hard to understand looking forward when you don't yet have the answer looking backwards. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So I don't know, but I think just I look at people I've met in my life and as cheesy as this sounds, but like even Bishop and Sister Lewis, like that I was in this ward before they got called, but then they got called and they've become dear friends of mine. And it's like, oh, wow, yeah, that's why I got put, you know, decided to move into that ward because I needed to meet the Lewises or... You know, my roommate now that um, I've lived with for a while, I met from the mission. Mm-hmm. And so it's like he's become a dear friend. 
And I, I don't know, I just think those little, to me, because I, I really did when you sent this, I've been thinking about this all day of like these questions of how God works in our lives or maybe the question is just our relationship with God. To me, at least, the vast, vast majority of spiritual experiences have come in small and simple ways. There has definitely not been any, you know, come to Jesus moment or see an angel moment, which, you know, I'd love to share something like that, but I really don't have much in that category. Mm -hmm. Well, it's kind of interesting. Like almost every time I ask that question, um, people kind of, which maybe I, I need to like rephrase my question. I don't know. But, um, that kind of is, it's a popular response of like, like, I don't know. It's just been like a lot of gradual little things. And it reminds me, uh, which is the common, I, I think that's, that is, it's normal. And like um, Elder Bednar's example of like receiving revelation, how like sometimes right. it's like flipping on a light switch, but most times it's like the sun slowly coming up over the horizon. Right, exactly. When I mean, even even just another almost sounds borderline silly or something, but like most recently, probably the best spiritual experience I've had was I was driving up to our family's cabin a few weekends ago on a, you know, late Friday night or something. And I just listened to the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, just that they sang one of their live versions at a conference of Lord, I would follow thee. And just, I listened to it like four times in a row of the lyrics and how it was sung and just I found myself singing along and just like what that meant and the feeling of peace of listening to that you know it's those types of things where I'm like yeah like I definitely believe that God is real and exists just by listening to that song and the feeling of peace afterwards like I really did it was like I literally would listen to it and then just smash the replay button and then listen to it again I was like I've never really done that in like a long time, mm-hmm. but it's it's those types of moments, yeah, that have made a difference in my life at least. Yeah. Do you feel like there's um, a, a clear way that you found that God communicates with you, like speaks with you? Yeah, this all ties into hobbies, mm. but I really the golf course, quite honestly, not as much because I'm usually so frustrated. There's no way. <laughs> There's no way God is communicating with me when I'm, you know, cussing out the the golf ball type thing. But right. skiing, I've noticed. I really I really have just probably especially on days where I do ski by myself, which I do some, but where I'm not on my phone, cruising through nature, thinking. Yeah. You know, th- those are the best. Yeah. I think we got to be um I listened to, or it was actually an Instagram post by Elder Christofferson probably like a year and a half ago, and he was talking about this minister that he'd met. And someone asked him about prayer, and he said, what I've learned about prayer is I need to talk less and listen more, I think is actually how he 
phrased it. Yeah. And I think that kind of is how I am too. Of I've definitely caught myself praying as I'm skiing down a run or something, but it's really just God thanks for this beautiful you know, nature that I'm in. And then all of a sudden a thought comes into my mind of reach out to this person you haven't talked to in a year or whatever, just little, again, little things, but yeah. it's usually when I'm not on my phone, the phone doesn't seem to be a conduit to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> I totally get that. I think a lot of people would relate with that. Um, there's this podcast that I really love um, called Leading Saints. And um, if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. Kurt Frankham, who is the host of the podcast, um, he was talking about how, um, you know, usually he goes for a run every day and he has something playing in his ear, like um, another podcast or even a conference talk or music or something, you know. And um, one day he decided to just leave the earbuds and just go in silence. And he said, um, I didn't realize that God wanted to spend time with me doing something that I enjoy doing. And he talked about like, like how God like went on a run with him. And he had this like great like conversation with God and stuff. And I'm like, man, that is so cool. And anyways, you sharing that kind of made me think of that. Like, I feel like, like, God enjoys doing what we do and he like he sees skiing as something like important to you and a way that he can reach you as well. And right. so it's like I don't know, it's kind of cool to think about that like God probably goes skiing with you too, Ryan. <laughs> For sure. Right? Like it's kind I of a weird so. way to say it, but I yeah. No, no, I think it's I don't think it's weird at all. Yeah. I think we, when we want to do missionary work or bring people to Jesus, we've got to get on their level, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're if you're teaching someone who's highly educated or something, you're going to teach them different than someone who, if you were a missionary in an African village, right? Yeah. And I think the same way that, like, we've got to do missionary work, God works with us that same way because that is missionary work too for him I guess in some ways right totally and so if we relate to skiing or golfing or being an artist or I don't know kickboxing yeah who knows (laughs) I have no idea (laughs) um yeah I think like that definitely God works that way yeah this is kind of backtracking a little bit but I just realized that um we didn't get to hear about your family situation Oh, yeah. So I am the youngest of three. Mm-hmm. So uh, my my older sister and I have an older brother. So all this is my brother. And work with my sister. She and her husband are actually the ones who started the company I work for. So I got the job through, I guess, the finance degree, but then also good old nepotism. <laughs> they needed a someone who cared about the finances and numbers and stuff and I love that stuff and they knew me so that's how I got that job I see her and my brother-in-law daily Mm -hmm. my brother you know his wife live in Orem just here close to the church building actually pretty close but so I see them quite a bit and then my parents are also in um, 
Provo currently. They they were in Alaska as mission presidents. Wow. But then my mom got sick, she got cancer, and so she had oh, to wow. they had to come home after about halfway through um, mm-hmm. their mission and that's also been I think a total trial but also something where you can see God working in mysterious ways of just Yeah helping her and all of the friends and family who have stopped what they're doing in their busy lives to minister and be like Jesus would, getting on her level of you know being sick and talking with her and stuff. So that's the whole family thing. So we're all pretty darn close, just on Provo or um. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, would you mind telling us more about the experience with your mom, how is she doing now? Yeah, so she's doing really well, all things considered. She's extremely tired and fatigued, but mm-hmm. she's a total warrior with this. I mean, you've yeah. people use, use the term battling cancer, mm-hmm. fighting cancer and stuff, yeah. and it really is just because it's, I mean, she's radiation five days a week up in Salt Lake at the Huntsman Cancer Institute yeah. and chemo one day a week. And just fighting that but I really just look at how many friends and family I mean between the two wards that they've lived in people circulating lists of who's bringing food over she has no desire to cook no appetite type thing but also taking her to her treatments Mm -hmm. stuff like that just my dad you know can't go every day and so people will help there and so just seeing how many people have helped the family is also in a lot of ways for me at least been a manifestation of God working right yeah how has it been for you like yeah I think I mean the first few weeks when we didn't know exactly what was going on Mm -hmm. the unknown fear of the unknown I think was the worst yeah because they came back from Alaska and we didn't even know she had cancer. We just knew she was really sick mm-hmm. and had something in her head. And so, you know, until we found that out, that was brutal. Yeah. But I think, too, there just um, all of the friends and family who have reached out to me and asked how I'm doing and calling up and chatting and hanging out and things like that, that's, that's helped a lot. So I think we're all doing pretty well, Good. again, all things considered, but it's still just a crazy turn of events, kind of us realizing that we don't control life. Life throws things at us, and it matters a lot just how we respond yeah. to those things. Yeah, that's very true. Very wise. Yeah, I think I've, I've realized um, there's that quote by President Eyring who he says, like, anytime you meet someone, you just assume that 50% of the time they're going through some really hard challenge and that's probably even underestimating it. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, that's one of probably the biggest life lessons I've learned mm-hmm. is that, hey, everyone's dealing with something, mm-hmm. so be kind. Yeah, It's one of those things, too, where I look at and I'm like, um, what do I want to be? I think that was maybe a question of, like, what would I want 
my posterity at 100 years. Yeah. Got to get married first, which I'm, you know, not not doing too great at that. <laughs> right. I don't think any of us really are. <laughs> Seven years back from the mission and still, <laughs> you know, oh. hanging out in singles wards. <laughs> but um, is just probably the phrase, because my last name's King, right? Yeah. Kings are kind. Maybe that's oh, yeah. cheesy, but mm-hmm. I've thought of that. Like, I just want anyone... And I mean, I'm still working on it so much myself, but just treat anyone that you come in contact with, with kindness and with love. Yeah. And that's, I don't know, I think by the end of your life, that then that'll be a life well lived if you just treat everyone you come in contact with, with kindness and respect. Yeah, that's so true. That's what Jesus would do, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, certainly he called people to repentance and could be firm when needed, but he, as we've talked about quite a bit so far, is just got on people's level and exactly and treated them with kindness. And so, mm-hmm. anyways, that's what I want the King family slogan to be. Yeah. Say it again. Kings are kind. Kings are kind. That's awesome. I love that. Well, geez, I you answered my last question. That's awesome. <laughs> um, well, is there is there anything else that you want to share? Um, and then, especially, you know, regarding that, um, you know, what you want your posterity to know a hundred years from now. Um, anything yeah. else to add on? Honestly, no. I think we've covered a lot okay. of. I mean, that's, that's me in a nutshell. If anyone who is listening wants to go to the golf course, ski, or talk business or politics <laughs> or Jesus, I'm down to do any of those things. It's, it's fun. That's way really cool. Well, Ryan, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I learned that one of the Hebraic meanings of the word Israel is let God prevail. Thus the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. With the Hebraic definition of Israel in mind, the gathering of Israel takes on added meaning. The Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. The Lord is gathering those who will choose to let God be the most important influence in their lives. For centuries, prophets have foretold this gathering, and it is happening right now.